it's almost as if the the fractals uh, talk to me now, and, and and the fractals are have taught me to even look closer than I used to at nature. So I have this very interesting relationship with them now, and. Um, you know, if I don't do one for a while, then I, I open the app and I, and I make it. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today, folks, today we've got something really special. We're talking with Kate Zari Roberts. Kate is, of course, in the last issue of Frames Magazine, in the Beyond section, in the back. Her work is just really stellar for a thousand reasons. She has a history where she specialized in architectural photography, interior, garden photography, uh, all as part of commercial work. She won the prestigious Photographer of the Year Award from the Florida chapter of the American Institute of Architects, won an award uh, from the curator of the Whitney Museum of American Art, and the list just goes on. She won the Julia Margaret Cameron Award for her Fractals in Nature series, a mobile, I can't even say that right, Mobiography Award. She's won the Pollux Award and a Mobile Photo Award, the Julia, I mean, just all over the place with accolades, with appearances. And her work really is um, if I say pushing the boundaries of photography, it's the right idea, but really not really not what I mean. Her work simply imagines what is possible. How can I push this? How can I make my creation of art uh, somehow a little bit more individual, a little bit beyond what people are expecting? How can I reveal something a little bit more true about what you know what you see in the world through visual art? Kate, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm just wonderful, Scott. Thank you for having me. And how are you? I'm doing well. It, it is one of those tremendously gray, foggy, overcast days here at, at the Dakota border. And there's hoarfrost in all the trees. So it's just one of those beautiful mornings uh, where you go out and you think, yeah, th- this is just pretty. Oh, yeah. I had a day like that a few days ago. This one spot I photograph at uh, a lot Everything mm-hmm. had that hoarfrost on it. It was stunningly beautiful. And I wanted to stay a lot longer, but Charlie, my dog, and I were chased, <laughs> chased away by two coyotes. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. You, you know, you just made me think of something. And, and we're going to get to this at the end. I'm, I'm going to push it off until then. But you have this this new work with fractals, a love for geometry. I'll bet you hoarfrost really fits in well just with the way you see the world. Oh, it does. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. I, I, have, I have a new last question for you there, Kate. But let, let's let's bring everybody up to speed. Reading through the stuff that you've got online and, and everybody, all you need to do is, is Google Kate Zari Roberts and you're going to see all sorts of information and all sorts of work uh, from her out there. But you, you sort of put your earliest artistic self-identification uh, around the age of 12, you know, doing pastel drawings of Diana Ross and the Supremes. <laughs> and, uh, I, I hope you saved those. I, I want to see those someday. <laughs> 
but 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 then you 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 talk about something that I'm becoming I'm beginning to learn is not all that uncommon. Your dad took you out to take photographs with him uh, when we, when you were very young. So tell me about the early days where the visual arts sort of became something you were interested in. Well, my my father was very creative. He enjoyed doing photography. He wrote poetry. He he taught industrial art at a small college in western Pennsylvania. So I suppose the first time I sat down and, and drew something, you know, my dad was right there encouraging me. And mm-hmm. um, uh, he used to photograph us kids all the time. But he, I don't know why he chose me to give a camera to, but he did. And uh, thank goodness, because it established an early love for photography mm-hmm. and and appreciating nature, because he did. You know, we always walked around beautiful spots in the forests in western Pennsylvania. So, you know, it wasn't till much, much later, though, um, that I started exploring it, um, I wanted to take, you know, I, my degree is in interior design, and uh, I did love that kind of work, but to me, it was more business than creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was searching for something else to do, and I wanted to take a photography class at the local community college. Um, no, actually, <laughs> I just remembered. I wanted to take a dance class because I love to dance, but the dance, mm-hmm. the dance class was full. So I ended up taking a photography class and, and that really did it. <laughs> Thank goodness I did that. <laughs> uh, so this is in Miami and you take this, this course in photography um, and, and what, what were you taking pictures of? Well, can I even remember? I'm sure I was doing nature, but I was also doing a lot of architectural photography, mm-hmm. which I loved. And um, I started showing at a gallery in Miami, one of the best galleries there. And, and, and that one show really changed my life because an editor for a home and garden magazine saw my work and, and asked me to start shooting for the magazine and an architect, um, one of the most famous Cuban architects in Miami saw my work and asked me to start shooting for him. So um, I, you know, and that was just from one show So I started doing, I started photographing gardens for South Florida Home and Garden. And um, I was in practically every issue. Mm -hmm. And then for this architect, I started shooting his buildings. But I have to say, my first job for him, he wanted me to shoot the interior of a restaurant he did. And I, at that time, I knew nothing about shooting with... I guess it was ectochrome and, and balancing different light sources mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. filters. And so, of course, my, my whole shoot came back all green, and I was mortified. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was just starting to do commercial work. I had no idea that 
a photo lab could actually color correct all those images. Thank God I had a photographer friend who told me that. So I took it all back to the lab and they did. They color corrected the whole shoot. Saved me. (laughs) Saved my whole career. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when you're just starting out, you don't know these things. And, and, then I got really good at being able to balance three different light sources, natural light, incandescent, and fluorescent in, mm-hmm. in one image, you know. And I, I just developed a system of filtering separately for each light source and, and feeling which light source was giving most of the light, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It was very interesting, and I enjoyed doing that. Was there a lot of art direction back then, or were you pretty free to compose the images as well as do the technical stuff? Oh, there was no art direction. Yeah, it was all me. You know, people hired me because of my eye, because of the way I saw things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I always had the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do. And, and I, I, you know, I've worked for several magazines around the world. And yeah, people just hired me because they like my eye. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you were frankly discovered because of the, this one show. I mean, you, in your online stuff, you talk about Steve Althaus, you know, professor of photography at Barry University, seeing your work as well and inviting you to teach. Yes. You know, people often say, you know, a gallery show is wonderful and a, an entire 35 people walk by and see it, um, <laughs> which is, of course, not true. But it's really important to get your work in that kind of space. Your career after that is, is not just a beeline to the pinnacle of photography. I mean, you studied Russian. You went to nursing school. Hurricane Andrew took out a home. You studied psychology. So, you know, t- tell me what, what's holding all this together between those days and, and now. Oh, what's holding it all together? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I- I, I think a, a love of photography uh, has held it all together, and, and and a love of photography has kept me sane all these years because <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a lot of different interests. Um, I even, when I lived in South Africa, I studied Buddhism for 12 years. Oh, my. Yeah, and uh, I did a Buddhist pilgrimage to India uh, mm-hmm. for six weeks. <laughs> it, it was rough, but anyway, I did it. And, you know, w- one um, exciting thing in my career was in 1982, I went to Russia uh, with a group of American photographers to meet our counterparts in Russia. Now, Russia was still communist then. Right. And I went with an organization in New York called the Citizen Exchange Council. And that's mm-hmm. what they did. You know, that this was trying to get Americans to meet Russians just as people, you know, without the politics involved and to get to know each other. And with my group were two famous photographers, Cole Weston and George Tice. So I got to spend two weeks with those guys, and uh, we had quite a time. So very interesting trip. And then Cole ended up coming to Miami to uh, judge a show 
and he and I got together again and exchanged prints from our Russia trip. But I lost the print he gave me in the hurricane. Oh. Yep, oh. in the hurricane. Oh, in, in, oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I lost, you know, my life's work up to that hmm. point. So cloud, anyway. cloud storage had not come along yet. Oh, no, that was 1992. <laughs> yeah. So when you were in Russia, what kind of shots were you taking? I mean, and, and I ask that because I know, having looked at your body of work, you do have a strong uh, body of, of landscape work. You've got a strong body of, like I said, you know, the, the architectural or the interior stuff. What was calling to you in Russia? Oh, mostly landscapes and architecture. Okay. Uh, you know, our trip was um, pretty controlled. We had a Russian guide with us, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, all I wanted to do was see their collection of French Impressionism at the Hermitage, <laughs> and they wouldn't allow us to see it. So Really? Yeah. Yep, they would not allow us to see it. So that was pretty depressing. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, we, we were under control. You know, we did mm-hmm. what we were told to do, and... And uh, what what impressed us all, though, was how people on the streets would come up to us and say, oh, are you American? Please, let's go talk somewhere. And all whispered, you know, because they could get in trouble for talking to us. And and we were told, you know, to be careful what we say. Our rooms were probably bugged. And, yeah, it was yeah. like being in a spy yeah. novel. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so. Okay, you, you you did a lot of medium format stuff. You did you know thirty five millimeter stuff, um, mm-hmm. and you you say at one point that finally you were becoming bored with photography, and then something kick started it. So what what was not feeding feeding your soul w- with the photography for a while? And and tell me the story of that change. Well, so I did love shooting for many years with my Mamiya. I even put it and all my lenses and everything in a backpack and walked around the Aran Islands for a couple of weeks with it. But, you know, as you get older, you don't want to carry around that heavy <laughs> stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2012, when I entered the digital world, that that got me going a bit because I learned Photoshop and I saw the creativity there. But I don't know if it was my Photoshop teacher or what, but he did make learning it very tedious. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I mean, really tedious. Oh, I, I thought I was never going to get it. And then one night in my sleep, it all came to me. Oh, okay. And um, so that's that's sort of started me again. But honestly, when I'm hiking up in the mountains, even a 35 millimeter Canon and lenses got too heavy for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, because, you know, I, I hike at high altitude and, you know, every ounce you're carrying counts. So I... Just started shooting with an iPhone. My first iPhone was the iPhone 4, and the photos weren't very good back then. But, you know, as I kept updating and then discovering the different apps available for editing iPhone photography, wow, I mean, my creativity just exploded. I, I discovered things, you know, I just... 
were completely blown away with um, some of the apps. You know, it's like working in a dark room. The iColorama app is is way more fun than Photoshop. I have to tell y'all, <laughs> way more fun. Yep. And, and just I love it. So so yeah, iColorama had a big part in me wanting to be creative again. So um, I'm indebted to that app developer, Teresa. She's wonderful. By the way, she was, she is Ukrainian and oh. had to leave Ukraine. She got into Poland with the help of the iColorama community. So oh, very cool. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. Let, let's, let's stay on this for just a minute though, because you know, what you say your creativity exploded when you had a greater ability or a more in tune with your personality ability for post processing you know not just documentary not just landscape what about your creative spirit is is really sort of invested in that extra step beyond what my eye sees well <laughs> You know that, like a lot of things that turn out good, that that was sort of an accident. Mm-hmm. I think I had seen something on PBS a couple years ago, and some fractals flashed in the background. Right, and with my background in design, that fractal really appealed to me, and. Um, I started experimenting with fractals, I guess, about three years ago. And that that was before there was actually an app, you know, that now there's an app, an iPhone app, where I can make my own fractals before I had to look for them, you know. So now I can create my own. And I got COVID last year, and um, while I was in bed, I saw those old fractal images I made and and decided to, you know, create a few more things and see where I could go with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I've done a lot. You know, they're not all successful, but... but You, you, you mean all, all of your images aren't successful? Yeah, it's, no. it's not a 100% hit rate? <laughs> no, not, not by any means. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, all of mine are. Come on. <laughs> And, you know, it's almost as if the the fractals uh, talk to me now. And and the fractals have taught me to even look closer than I used to at nature. So I have this very interesting relationship with them now. And, um, you know, if I don't do one for a while, then I I open the app and and I make a few more fractals. And I let them sit for a while until something comes together with them. But, um, you know, and and several times I wondered, well, am I done with this now? Should I move on to something else? And I think, okay, I'm done with fractals. But, nope, then one (laughs) pops up that speaks to me and and Mm -hmm. I have to do something with it. So I don't know where I'm going from here, Scott. I really don't. I thought maybe if I just take a break from everything for a while and and see what unfolds, you know. Let's take just a quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. 
The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Well, t- t- talk to me about I'm, I'm, it, contradiction. Is is not exactly what what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is a kind of harmony between two different me- you know melodies going on here. Because at one side, um, in your history, you have this real appreciation, this real love for design, not only interior design as a field and architecture and all that, but fractals for patterns. Um, I can see you know the study of nursing and psychology coming in here as well. You know, looking for those those systems and elements that that make a greater whole. On the other side, you talk about a completely intuitive approach to um, the shooting experience. When you go out for your walks, you know, you talk about feeling, um, you know, whatever is appealing to you. You talk about your post-processing is is also being driven more by intuition than, uh, than, than rules. So talk to me about the intuitive side of your approach, but then how do you, you know, harmonize that with this real talent and eye for fine line design? Okay. So I've been living where I'm living now for almost 20 years. And I go to the same places over and over and over again, right? So I've developed an intimate relationship with these places around here. And I've gotten to a point where, and this is a beautiful experience that happened to me a couple weeks ago, where I actually felt an image before I saw it. It was as if nature (laughs) was talking to me and saying, look at, look at me over here. And it, it, it almost brought tears to my eyes because when I turned and looked, I did indeed see this just spectacular image And I've been reading a book lately uh, called Ways of Being, and the author talks about all these scientific studies that show that plants not only hear, but they remember. Hmm. And it has me thinking about, you know, all these places that I frequent often and have developed a relationship with do they remember me when I come back? Do they hear me? Do they remember me? And, and, and that experience of, you know, me feeling this image before I saw it, I think might be an example of that. I don't know. So it, 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 uh, (laughs) I, you know, it just overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's important for photographers to develop that sense of intimacy with a place because then it's like the place shows you its secrets, you know. It opens up its secrets to you. Is 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 surprise a work a word that would apply to that kind of familiarity? Uh yes. 
Yes, you know, because I, I'm looking deeper every time. And of course, you know, I mean, every time I go, it's different anyway, because the light's different, the season's mm-hmm. different, you know. So there is a lot that is different, but there's a lot that's the same, you know. And, um, well, somebody recently asked me, I did a shot with uh, of a lake and, and there were geese flying in the part of the sky that was lit up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So somebody asked me if I put the geese in, in the light spot in the sky. And I had to laugh because that, that's the other thing, you know, when you're out in nature every day, you know how geese are going to respond to certain yes. things. Yes. And I knew they were going to lift off and I was ready for that shot. So, yeah, you know, you develop this relationship with nature and just beautiful things happen. Um, and so getting back to the intuitive part, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know, Scott, I've been doing this my whole life, you know, so I'm mm-hmm. sure part of it is that, but also again, just feeling and being open and really not thinking. I mean, I, meditated for many years you know so i i get rid of that thinking mind pretty easily and then just let let intuition guide me Uh, i want to read a paragraph from your contribution to to the last issue of frames uh you say and this is beautiful by the way uh you say having had a meditation practice for the last 20 years has enabled me to slow down and look deeper into nature my photo excursions become walking meditations and my work is completely intuitive not only in the taking of a photo but in the editing process as well the photo has now become my canvas a starting point in my creative process i listen to what wants to be birthed wanting to create a fractal series is as far as the thinking goes the rest the entire process is intuitive i i find that i you know poetically said but i also love again this harmony you begin with the desire to create geometry and you go looking for its resonance in the natural world is, is that a fair way to explain no. okay no. I don't no, I don't go looking for it again, you know. No, I, no, 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 no. I didn't mean you go looking for for uh, geometry in, in, in the yeah, trees and lakes okay. and stuff. Okay. But 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 with the fractal saying I, I'm going to give this approach, let me go see what resonates. Right. So I go out and I and I shoot mm-hmm. with nothing in mind, really. Uh, and then when I come home and, and go through the shoot and edit. And then something will call to me and say, you know, I could use a fractal. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so I have this folder labeled Lonely Fractals. Oh. <laughs> and those are fractals waiting to get into one of my images. So, <laughs> so, oh, okay. so, so you create the fractals first. Or vice versa, yeah. But I I have this file of fractals that I can go to. um, Mm -hmm. And if if none of those feel right for an image, I I might make some more, you know. But really, the process is intuitive. I... It's it's feeling. It's feeling what's going to work, you know. So, um, yeah. (laughs) But if I'm bored, I'll sit down and make some more new fractals and just put them in that folder. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Walk me through the creation of an image here. And let's just deal with the first one from Frames Magazine, the one called Melting Ice on Twigs. Yes. From first fractal to finished product. Walk me through that one. Okay. You know, that that image is the one that got me started on the whole series. Oh, really? Because I was astonished when I saw it. <laughs> I was. You know, I I um, tried it, and, you know, I, I did work on it for a long time. It needed a lot of different toning processes, and, mm-hmm. and um, I often finish my images in the Hipstamatic app. And so I took that image into Hipstamatic, again, just, you know, intuitively knowing what the image needed, took it into Hipstamatic, and wow. Well, let's back up even a little farther, though, um, about taking the image and about creating the fractals. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, the, the melting ice on the twig was just from one of my walks. So I was playing with that, and decided to put a fractal in it. So I layer the fractal onto the image in the iColorama app. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes I have to do a lot of masking because I only want a part of the fractal in the image. You know, I want it to follow a certain shape or whatever, so I have to mask out some of it. And, and, then, I, and then I finish it by toning or, you know, completely changing the color, whatever. And I have, you know, a couple apps I use. I also usually take it into Snapseed to fine tune it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a process, you know, it's at least three different apps. Yeah, like. at least th- three different apps to get a final product. Yeah, and sometimes I, you know, I make more than one version. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I make more than one version and then choose which one is my favorite. But it, it's the whole process I love it, Scott. It, it's, you know, I leave myself completely open to whatever may happen. And I'm just delighted with the results. You know, some of your work is monochrome. Some of your work is color. Is that all just seat of your pants? This is how it feels to me today? Or are, are these intentional aesthetic statements? No, it's it's totally what the image is calling for. This is impressive and daunting at the same time. Um, I, I, you know, I, I see myself. It's, you know, can I try this? Let me give it a shot. I would be lost just even trying to begin coming to understand how to layer the, the, these different elements. Was was there a long time or a long learning curve for this before you felt satisfied with the work, or did it pretty much snap into place? It pretty much snapped into place only because, you know, I've been doing layered work for a long time. I've Uh been using iColorama app for quite a few years now. So a lot of this fractal work is the result of just knowing how to work with iColorama. So, yeah. Mm hmm. You know, I'm I'm looking at your images on Instagram uh, at the moment, and everybody, it, it, probably my favorite Instagram handle of all time, one dot fine dot i e y e dot phone, uh, one fine iPhone. Yeah, okay, okay. You you, you know, <laughs> you, you, I hesitated <laughs> about that title, but 
that was the first thing that came to me. It just came to me. Then I thought, oh, people probably think I'm egotistical because of that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, but, you know, a lot of your work here is pretty much straight ahead landscape or nature photography. Um, I mean, I could make an argument that your, your, your bare trees and, and stuff like that um, and these reeds or bushes, whatever they are, th- they are in the same aesthetic category as fractals and stuff. But it, it's not the over uh, overlay fractals on stuff so do you consider yourself um you know only the the iphone only the fractals these days or is that the trend of this week and you're and let the landscape stuff is is more longer term what well i will continue shooting with the iphone for sure i mean the Mm -hmm. iphone 14 is just remarkable the fractals, I, I don't know. You know, I'll see. I'll see where that leads me. I keep waiting, as I said, for a feeling that I'm done, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, for a couple years, I was doing a lot of portrait photography with a Facebook group called the New Era Museum. We did a project together called Impossible Humans. <laughs> and and that show has been shown, oh, in Barcelona. It was shown here uh, in Boulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I organized it. But, yeah, so I, I do enjoy photographing people, too. I haven't done it for a while, but that's something I'd like to get back to. You have an image, I forget where it is right now, of a bunch of kids on a railway caboose or something like that. And I remember when the first time I saw it, I just thought that, that was a cool picture. I really liked that one. Tell Tell me about this you go for a daily walk yes how, how and, and, okay <laughs> I mean, but, but, but you, i mean we're not talking about a walk around the block you know you we're talking serious hiking up here at, at altitude how important is that for your aesthetic sensibility oh well totally um you know <laughs> scott sometimes i I lived in, you know, Miami, and then when I lived in South Africa, it was also sort of subtropical, and I mm-hmm. miss uh, subtropical plants and palm trees and, and all that. I mean, I miss it so much, I can't tell you. So this year, I've promised myself I'm going to see the Olympic National Forest, which is our continent's only rainforest. And it, it's in, it, it's a temperate rainforest in Washington. So, you know, the photos I've seen of it, oh, my gosh, those huge, gorgeous ferns I love and, mm-hmm. and beautiful trees. So I'm going to I plan to get there this summer because, you know, the, the trees in Colorado sometimes get a little bit boring, mostly pines, <laughs> <laughs> mostly pines. I love them, but, you know, yeah. um. <laughs> there's now about 4,000 people going, wait, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I do love pine trees. Yes. I, I do. So, and we do have other types of trees on the flatlands. So. <laughs> yeah. Are, are, do, do you have Western larch, tamarack? Do you have that around where you are? No. Okay, those are those are the ever the, the pine looking trees that actually change to a gold in in the fall and winter, which is just stunningly beautiful. Oh, we have aspens that turn gold. Oh yeah, of yep. yeah, yeah. 
Kate, there's one image, a personal favorite of mine, that, that again, I'd, I'd love you just to walk me through. And this is the one that you call Grasses at Sawhill Ponds. Um, do you know what image I'm talking about? Yeah, I love that image. Um, you know, when you're when you leave yourself open in the editing process, you you get a lot of surprises, mm-hmm. and um, that image I had actually taken into hipstamatic first, then I took it into iColorama to put the fractal in. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure I finished it in Snapseed with the fine tuning. Okay, it is you know obviously grasses you know on the on the bank or the shore of, of uh-huh. a pond, and then fractals uh-huh. overlaid over it. But th- what is this red stuff in the top right corner of, of this shot? Uh, yeah, that was part of the fractal. That color, yeah, that color was in the fractal, and I decided to leave it because I liked it there. And it, it has small echoes, you know, throughout the top there. But what what a wonderful sense of motion uh, to this piece. I know. Um, th- th- I know. This, this, is, this is a photograph that literally just dances in front of your eye. Right. And and the fractal did that for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. It was like a dance. Well, see, th- there's the class that was full. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to recover that early trauma of not getting into the dance class. Uh, (laughs) Well, you see, I do love to dance, and uh, I came out in that image. Thank you for liking that. I'm glad you like that. I, I like this one. I, I really, really do admire all of your photography. Um, and I am impressed and awed by the stuff you're doing with fractals and with the, with the iPhone as well. What are you working on now? Well, tell me about today's walk, if you've already gone or not. No, I haven't gone yet. Sadly, my husband is using my car today, so <laughs> I can't go to any of my favorite spots. Oh, no. Um, yeah, his car, he was hit, so it's in the shop. Um, oh, my. So, I don't know. Uh, I, You know, usually when I get in the car in the morning, I don't even know where I'm going, so I let my intuition guide me there as well. Oh, my. Yeah, and so it comes, okay, go here, so I go there, and I usually find out. Yeah, there was a reason for that. <laughs> so. Oh, very, very, very cool. I know. <laughs> well, Kate, the work in the in the new edition of Frames Magazine is as impressive as any work can be. And I really do admire the way you are reimagining with the fractals what a visual piece of art can be. Straight ahead landscape stuff is breathtaking and stellar. The rest of it is, uh, for lack of a better term, just really cool. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Scott. It was a pleasure talking with you, too. (laughs) Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.